All right, well, I'm Dominic, and um, I'm one of the elders here. Uh, like Chad said, today is Reality Ventura's eight-year anniversary, and we're not going to talk about that, but we're going to do uh, an update, like a church update today. So if this is your home church, I hope this is helpful for you. If you're visiting today, I'm sorry, this is not a normal Sunday, uh, but you're going to learn a whole lot about Reality Ventura and where we are at in this season. Um, can we pray first? Thank you, God, for your faithfulness to this church, to us as a people for the last eight years. We love you because you first loved us. Thank you for seasons and the season you have us in. Believe it is of you, and we want to embrace all that that is. Speak to us in any way you want, Lord. Open our ears to hear things you want to hear. If you're wanting to stir in us or move in us in any ways, we ask you to do that now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're going to do this update a little bit different than we normally would. I've broken it up into chapters, six chapters. And so it's like a, like a paper at school or a, a book or given the length of it, more, maybe more like a novel. Uh, and it, it will be long, okay? So maybe we reset our expectations of like, uh, this isn't like 40-minute sermon. We're here. This is a church update. It's going to be over an hour. We'll take a little break in the middle of the stretch. It'll be all right. Uh, just by show of hands, can, can you raise your hand if you've been regularly attending Reality Ventura for more than a year? Awesome. Uh, if you've been regularly attending Reality Ventura for less than a year? Okay, cool. What about longer than five years? What about since like the first few months at Reality Ventura? Okay. Anybody who was there like the first year of Reality Carp? Okay, a couple, three, three of us? All right, cool. All right, we're going to get into this. Chapter one, first things first, or don't build your house on the sand. Last time we did an update like this, it was about uh, seven months ago. And our goal as church leaders today and always is to communicate what we know when we know it. And to be honest, there's still a lot of things that are unknown. But we do want to communicate what we do know, and hopefully that will be helpful. But we are not going to communicate or assume or speculate about what we do not know. Just like in life, God only shows us what he wants when he wants to show us. The Bible teaches that Jesus is the head of the church, right? And so your elders here at Reality Ventura, uh, we are looking to him the head of the church, to lead us. And as he speaks, it is our job to listen and obey, to do our best to stay right in step with him. Now, do we always do this? No. Do we misstep sometimes? Do we miss stuff sometimes? Yes. Do we sometimes get ahead of him or trail too far behind him? Absolutely. But it is our goal as leaders to do everything we can to hear his voice, to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit, and then act upon that. So if you had hopes of, you know, getting like a five-year update, like a Reality Ventura five-year update uh, today, I'm not going to do that. I don't have that for you. I don't even want to speculate about what God's going to do six months from now, much less five years from now. But I will share with you what we believe God is doing right now. Right now, what is he doing and what are the implications of that? And then uh, before we go any further, I just, I just want to acknowledge that 
this season we've been in as a church has been hard for some of us. It's been uneasy for some of us, and I get that, and I hear that. There's a lot of changes. There are a lot of unknowns, and sometimes people in life who, you know, there's stuff that's kind of like, oh, they're like, you, let's do it. I don't care, man. It's awesome. Let's go for it. And then other people, you know, are like, I don't know. Is this thing going to be okay? I don't, I don't know. And, it, you know, it can bring some anxiety. But for us, Jesus has some really good words for those of us who have a little anxiety or are a little worried. He says in Matthew 6, don't worry about your life. You don't need to worry about your life. Your father who takes care of the birds of the air and the grass of the field, he's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of you. But rather seek first the kingdom of God and everything you need, everything you need is going to be given to you. I paraphrase like Jesus saying, guys, don't worry about it. I'm here. It's all going to be good. But that's hard, right, because we like to worry about tomorrow, or at least we like to plan for tomorrow. And so do I. And then I get slapped by James chapter 4 that says, but don't say tomorrow we're going to do this or we're going to do that tomorrow. But rather say, if the Lord wills, then we will do this or do that. James wasn't saying that it was wrong to plan. He was just saying it's wrong to plan without being totally submitted to God in your planning. I want to read us a, a verse that I believe is from God for our church in this season. And I want us to allow this to frame our thoughts and our emotions for today and for the coming months in this season at our church. Proverbs 16:9 says, The man, I'm sorry, the mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his step. Mind of a man plans his way. In other words, we set out to go in a certain direction, right? As best we know how, we try to discern from the Holy Spirit, ah, oh, that's where God's going, and we set out in the direction that we should go. And then we start moving toward that direction. But the Lord is going to direct our steps in how we get there. The Lord is going to determine what the path looks like in getting to that destination. And the implication here is that sometimes that path and those steps look different than what they thought, what we thought it would look like, right? Can anybody testify to that? Sometimes the path is like this. Like in Ecclesiastes, it says, don't try to straighten what the Lord has made crooked. And this truth has to be the foundation that we are building our thoughts and emotions on this morning. We have to stand on the rock of who God is. He is the faithful one who already knows exactly what we need before we ask. And he is the one who is going to ultimately direct our steps. And we've already seen him doing this, right, as a church even just over the last 18 months, I don't think that any of us would have guessed that part of the path to becoming an autonomous church with live preaching would be for us guys on staff to be team teaching on Sunday mornings. That just wasn't part of the plan. Like, who, who would have known that? Well, the Lord knew that, and the Lord is directing our steps. So here's what I'd like to do this morning. I would like to affirm the direction we are heading in. I would like to talk about, then, the path that it seems like God has us on to get there. And then I'd also like to talk about a couple requirements that it seems like might be required of us on the journey. 
So let me first affirm the direction we are going in. It, it hasn't changed. The direction, an autonomous church fulfilling the Great Commission with an in-house pastor for preaching and vision. Nothing has changed here. In January 2016, we started transitioning from being uh, a campus of Reality Carp to becoming a fully autonomous church. The goal of this shift was to provide a way for all three of the campuses, Santa Barbara, Carp, Ventura, to fulfill the Great Commission more effectively. We are still on this path and right in the middle of this path. Our mission as a church in fulfilling the Great Commission is pretty simple, right? Reality Ventura's mission statement reads like this. Fulfilling the Great Commission locally as a sent people, strategically through church planning, and globally by reaching the unreached. As a church, we want to fulfill the Great Commission. Those were, that was Jesus' commands, and we want to equip others to do the same. And so, as it's stated in the mission statement, we do that by equipping, one of the ways we do that is by equipping missionaries and sending them out to the unreached. And as I said in February, that job was too big for us to do as one church, and so we have partnered with other reality churches to do that. We also do this through the strategic planting of church plants. Reality as a family of churches, the eight churches in reality as a family, we plant churches. And then as an individual church, we do whatever we can to participate in that. And then the way that we fulfill the Great Commission locally in Ventura County is by equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. Ephesians 4 says that the job of church leadership is to equip the people in the church to do the work of the ministry. That means that the responsibility of reaching Ventura with the good news of Jesus doesn't primarily fall on like the pastors and the church staffs, but it is primarily the job of the church, of the people. And the pastor's primary jobs are to equip the people to go and do the work of the ministry in the community. So that frames everything that we do at this church, from how we teach the Bible and why we teach it verse by verse. We believe the Bible equips us to how we do kids' ministry, to what songs we sing, what our youth group is all about. Those things are intended to equip the Christian to go out and do the work of the ministry. Like that part of the mission statement says, that we are going. We are a sent people. We have been sent by Jesus to go into our context, whatever that is, wherever that is, and be on mission. Be the hands and feet of Jesus. So this is, this is our mission as a church. That has not changed. The direction we are going is still the same. And the plan with autonomy and having a preaching and vision pastor, that has not changed either, right? It was the plan to become an autonomous church with independent leadership, independent vision, independent preaching, independent finances, staffing, and we have almost, we are almost there with the exception of having a preaching, permanent preaching and vision pastor, as you can, as you've probably gathered, given the fact that we're still doing this team teaching thing on Sundays, which I'll talk about more later. So just to be clear, we are still searching for a preaching and vision pastor. This team teaching, teaching thing, because some of you have asked, this team teaching thing uh, we still view as being a temporary solution to a long-term need. The direction is the same, but the path to get there has looked a little bit different than we had expected and taken a little bit longer than we would have imagined. The mind of a man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. And this truth has to be the foundation that we stand upon. We don't want to stand on the sand 
We need to stand on this foundation. The Lord is directing our steps, and he is trustworthy. He and this truth is what we should be building our thinking and our feeling on this morning. Don't build your house on the sand. All right. Chapter 2. Practical updates and FYIs or FOYO information. We just wanted to briefly give a couple of practical updates here uh, before we move on. First of all, Reality Ventura is officially incorporated as its own nonprofit organization. We used to be a subset, obviously, of Reality Carp and their corporation, and we have been mostly acting as our own independent church for the last year, but now we are legally, in the eyes of the state and the government, our own independent church. This also means that we put together a board of directors, as is required by the state of California. It's three of us, myself, Tyler Morgan, who's one of the pastors at Reality Carpinteria, and Don Tucker, who's one of the men in our congregation here. Uh, unlike corporations, Reality Ventura is, will not be led by this board of directors. It's something that the state of California requires us to do. The Bible is very clear that the church is to be led by the elders. However, we will call on that board from time to time to act like an auxiliary finance team uh, to help us make financial decisions where there's conflict of interest among the elders. Like one of our kids is going to YWAM and they need financial support. We shouldn't be making that decision. There's too much conflict of interest. So we would lean on that board to act as an auxiliary finance team to lead in making decisions like that. Secondly, Reality Coastlands uh, central administrative team, the A-team, is dissolving. The, the team that served the Coastlands reality, Santa Barbara, Carp, Ventura. And by January 2008, each of those Coastlands realities, Carp, SB, Ventura, will be individually responsible for their own administrative responsibilities. Basically, uh, that team was serving all three of us, and it was awesome and great until it wasn't anymore. And as we become autonomous churches, it is just not the most fruitful, effective thing, nor is it the best stewardship to have that one team serving all three campuses, as you can maybe imagine. So uh, as of January 2018, we will all be having own staff, our own administrative staff. That means that we're going to have to hire a couple people at Reality Ventura. So the finances we were using to pay for that team, to contribute to that team's salaries, we'll reallocate those to hiring in-house uh, staff. Specifically, we're looking for one full-time administrative director who would oversee finances and human resources. That's a really sensitive, very important job. And also a part-time bookkeeper who would be responsible for bookkeeping and financial reporting. If you know somebody who fits the bill, by the way, please let them know that we're beginning to look. Last little update here is a youth ministry update. Is the J Hires up there? Who are they? You guys up there? What's All right. Um, if you got a kid in J High or high school, then you know that for the last year or whatever, we've been we were looking for a, a junior high youth pastor because Kevin, our high school youth guy, uh, was he was here. We didn't have a J High guy, so Kevin started doing both in the interim, and we moved. Jay High to Thursday nights, kept youth, uh, high school on Wednesday nights to accommodate both groups. And honestly, Kevin just has been killing it with the help of Elena Buffin, actually. Uh, he's been doing an awesome job. The youth groups are healthy. Uh, kids are growing. I mean, we baptized like a bunch of kids in the ocean this summer. And 
we did these prayer meetings around the city. It was just amazing, like super cool. God's doing a great thing there. It's been fruitful. So at this time, we're not going to continue looking for a second additional uh, youth director, besides the fact that even if we wanted to, uh, as we'll talk about later, we don't have the funds to do so. Just FOYO information. All right, chapter 3. The preaching ambition pastor, or am I ever going to find the right guy? (sighs) I heard some single ladies laughing. (sighs) As you know, uh, six months ago, we transitioned from preaching via video that was piped in from Reality Cart to live preaching in the form of team teaching. This was, like I said, not part of our plan originally, but this is, seems like it was part of God's plan and part of the path that he would have us on. And I, I think that's been good for us. Some of you have loved it and never wanted to stop, and some of you not so much. But I do believe it is exactly where God has wanted us as a church. I mean, guys, in America, like the preaching guy is like the thing. He's like the Pope or something. You know what I mean? He's like this rock star thing. We haven't even had that for the last six months. And like the Jesus is still here, right? Like the Lord is still here. And people are still getting equipped. This is not our plan. This is not our like, not still, not like what we think is the solution, but God is here. God is here and he's speaking to us. And can I just say, guys, we are so blessed to be at a church where there are men here who can faithfully divide the scriptures. And sure, you might not like their preaching style or they might not be as eloquent as a communicator or somebody else or whatever. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about faithfully dividing the word of God and teaching the scriptures to the church. Like, this, that's amazing, right? Like, we have a really deep bench here. And so we've been doing this team teaching thing. And this, this team teaching thing has even been helpful for us in refining our expectations as we've been meeting with potential preaching pastors. And over the last six months, we have continued to meet with potential preaching pastors. And we have not found one yet. Well, I should say we found a bunch. But we haven't found the one yet. And I would like to share with you part of the reason why I believe we have not found that guy. First of all, I really do think this has been the sovereignty of God, that things have gone the way they did. I really do believe this was the healthiest transition into this season. That's the first thing. But on a practical level, I think part of the reason why we haven't found the guy is because I'm not sure that the guy we were looking for actually exists. Here's what I mean. Whether we realize it or not, most of us have an idea, albeit some of us an subconscious idea, of what that person looks like, who we imagine standing in this pulpit and fulfilling this role of preaching and vision pastor. And I am as guilty as any of us. And not in a bad way, but we were really blessed as this campus of Reality Card, maybe a little bit spoiled. In some ways, you know, obviously I think we did it to ourselves, right? Like Britt Merrick, who was basically the preaching and vision pastor of Reality Carpinteria for the first seven years, uh, was a really, really, really great preacher. 
And so naturally, that created a bit of expectation, even though we didn't maybe think about it, created a bit of expectation in our minds for what we kind of think the preaching should be like at Reality Ventura. By the way, if you don't know who Britt is, he's the teaching and, like, uh, vision guy at Reality Carpinteria, and he used to preach there in the video, come here, and you can ask me about it later. So it wasn't just the preaching thing, though, right? Like, we were also super blessed with other stuff. I mean, until a year ago... Reality Ventura also shared with CARP and SB in all of everything. We got to pull from all of it. The resources, the expertise, experience, wisdom, personnel, vision. Among all the three campuses, there was these 12 elders, right? There was these 30 staff members, decades of experience, millions of dollars, all contributing to the health and mission of all three campuses, including Reality Ventura. And again... Leading that, like, team as the first among equals, like the quarterback guy, was Britt Merrick. This very charismatic, very gifted, very strong leader. There was a lot to draw from there. And the Ventura campus, us, experienced the benefits of that. And that's what we got used to, rightly so. And so I think the assumption was that when God, or when we would start transitioning to becoming an autonomous church, that God was going to bring us someone who could kind of keep things the way that they were when Reality Ventura was a campus and then maybe even just make it, like, better than that, right? And so when I came on staff eight months ago, this was kind of the the person that I was looking for. And so this is the kind of person that myself and along with others began to pray and search for. And as we did, there was three basic qualifications, Just three basic qualifications. I'm going to let you in like a little insider information right here, right? This is like a bare minimum to us. And I think you'll agree with these these three things. This is what we would expect. Qualification number one, he had to have reality DNA. Qualification number two, he had to be an anointed, gifted, called teacher and leader. Qualification number three, he had to have a specific level of expertise and experience. That was it. We didn't care what the guy looked like. We didn't care how old he was. We didn't care what city he grew up in. We didn't care what hobbies he did or what his preaching style was. It just seemed like a no-brainer. Just these three things. The first one, he had to have reality DNA. If he was going to pastor a reality church, he had to have DNA. If he was going to be the main voice on this stage and a vital part of leading this church, then he had to have reality DNA. Every church has DNA. Right? Every church has DNA. It is what makes them unique. Jesus is the head of the church, capital C. And like on a broad level, the only DNA that we all have is we're all Christians. Like we all put our faith in Jesus. But there are local expressions of that big church, capital C. There's local little c, lowercase c, churches, right? And each of those churches has a unique thing. And that unique thing is what we would call DNA, I would venture to say that 90% of what we connect with at any given church can be traced back to that church's DNA, that church's leadership's DNA, and certainly the DNA of the preaching and vision pastor. So obviously he had to have that because you get a guy in here who doesn't have that, and that's fine in like the big scope of the kingdom of God, but Reality Ventura then very quickly turns into something that is other than Reality Ventura. And honestly, we've been open to that. We've been like, Lord, this is the kingdom. We're not trying to protect the brand of reality. If you want a guy in here who has qualifications number two and three, for instance, but doesn't have the DNA, Lord, do it. 
rad. Like, this doesn't have to be a reality church. If that's the best thing for the body in this city, let's do it. But we have not felt like that was what God was doing right now. So this DNA qualification isn't essential. Secondly, the guy had to have an anointing, a gifting, a call on his life to do this job. This is an obvious one, right? God has made different people in the body to play different roles. So this guy had to have that call on his life. He had to have the drive and desire to help lead a local church and a passion and a gifting and a calling on his life for pastoral local church ministry. And he had to have a heart to equip people. Like there's people out there just, they want to equip. That's all I want to do is I want to equip people and send them out. It's amazing. I love local church pastors who have that. It's amazing to look at guys like that. I'm like, dude, that's amazing. You're like that. You're like that. That is incredible. And he had to have an anointing to do all of these things. And lastly, he had to have a certain level of expertise and experience. Specifically, he had to have the expertise and experience necessary to lead a church with a fairly large staff and hundreds and hundreds of people who have all grown accustomed to expecting things to kind of operate like Reality Carpinteria, again, where Britt Merrick was leading that team and preaching. So Reality DNA an anointing, calling, gifting on his life to be that kind of pastor and that level of expertise and experience. Guys, here's the deal. I've been looking for a year and a half, and this human, to my knowledge, does not exist. And if he does exist, he's already pastoring one of our reality churches. Here's the deal. You could find somebody with any two of these three qualifications. That's what I have found, right? Like our church planners have one and two. They have deep reality DNA. It's part of the requirement. Like they're part of that like tribe or whatever, you know. Qualification number two, they have like an anointing. They have a gifting and a call to teach and preach and lead. But, and they have some level of expertise and experience, but certainly not the level of expertise and experience required to lead what reality Ventura is. And then I've met guys, a couple of them, amazing dudes that I love. Qualifications number two and three. Maybe they're anointed, gifted, called teacher and leader. Qualification number three, have this, they have, the, they have the, the expertise and the experience to lead a church like this. But they don't have the DNA. So you can get any two of these three, but it doesn't seem like the three is a thing. I'm telling you, I've been here in the trenches. I have been temporarily trying to fill this role. I know what this is. And after meetings and meetings and meetings with many guys over the last 18 months, I have to say, these three qualifications, which we thought were like a no-brainer to me, I think are this imagined person that's not actually out there. Because honestly, if someone has that level of experience to be able to lead a church this size with everything that comes with it, and that level of reality DNA, then they're probably, like I said, already pastoring one of our churches. And listen, of the eight reality churches, even that, there's only three of those guys who actually have the expertise and experience, I think, to lead this church in a way that we would even kind of be okay with. Britt, Tim Chaddock, and Dave Lomas. And Dave Lomas is even a wild card for some of us more conservative types. But if we were going to continue to do things like we had done them at our church and we were going to try to keep things at like a certain level, for lack of a better word, 
this was the type of person we would have to find. So like the prince in Cinderella, it was like we had this glass shoe. And we've been going from person to person to see if they fit into our shoe. And time and time again, for some reason, one reason or another, they didn't fit. And we'd write people off because they didn't fit the shoe. We'd look at a young guy, for instance, and be like, yeah, but Chad's like 50. He's, you know, this guy's young enough to be Chad's kid. Doesn't fit the shoe. Right? We'd look at a guy who was like, oh, yeah, but he doesn't have this level of, like, expertise and experience lead a church like this. Doesn't fit our shoe. And then a couple of months ago, God kind of tapped me on the shoulder. And I felt like he said, Dom, that shoe that you're holding is from Reality Ventura 1.0, the campus, the video campus. And I know it looks the same to you, Dom, but Reality Ventura is not the same. This is Reality Ventura 2.0, an autonomous church. And he's right, obviously. He's God. He's right. This is a different thing. An autonomous church is entirely different than a campus. It is not what it was before. I know it looks the same, but it is a new thing. And I felt like God was saying, dude, that shoe you're holding is for a different thing. It's not for this new thing. That shoe was for an old thing. Reality Ventura 2.0 deserves a new shoe. It's like new wine. You don't put new wine into old wineskins or else the wineskins will burst and the wine will be spilled everywhere. New wine doesn't fit into old wineskins. New wine has to have new wineskins. And so that is why I believe we haven't found the guy yet. I think we've been looking for or looking at it a little bit of the wrong way. Maybe it's not that we need to find a new guy to fit into our old shoe. Maybe we need to find a new guy to fit into a new shoe. And when I'm talking about the shoe, because I know you're imagining things in your head right now, when I'm talking about the shoe, I am mostly referring to our expectations, how we assume and expect things to be here. And what I'm suggesting is that maybe our expectations aren't totally in line with what God has in mind. And that's me. That's me too. I own that. I think we assume that God, what God wanted to do here was ma- maintain the same exact thing and then just kind of improve upon that when we became our own church. And like I said, if that was the case, then this was indeed, this person we were describing was indeed the person that we needed. But we had no idea, first of all, that how rare it, this person was, right, until we actually started meeting with people. But second of all, we didn't really understand, I think, how new of a thing God was really doing or how new of a thing this really was, an autonomous church. And so I don't think we should think of it as like a bummer at all. I think we should think of this as part of God's symphony that he is composing here at Reality Ventura. I think he allowed, for instance, us to do this team teaching thing, and he allowed us to discover some stuff in that. He has allowed us through this process to learn some things. I think it was his plan right now. I think what we needed right now as a church in preaching, for instance, I think was for pastors here who know you guys, who you've seen their faces, who you could look into their eyes, to stand at this pulpit and teach us through this transitional season. Because when a new pastor comes, when a new pastor starts preaching or comes on staff at a church, it takes three years is what they say 
for the, the church to finally gain his trust or him to gain their trust. I don't think that's what God wanted. We needed that kind of like care and love from people who loved you guys, even if they weren't like the most skilled preachers or whatever. I think we needed that. I think that was part of God's plan, and it was a needed transitional step to whoever was next. My point is God's ways are higher than our ways. And so when I say this person doesn't exist, I'm not saying so you better lower your expectations. I'm not saying we have to lower our expectations. I'm saying let's surrender our expectations and expect God to bring the exact right guy at the exact right time for Reality Ventura. And also expect that that guy may be different than any of us had imagined. A few days ago, I was, I was thinking on these things. I was praying for the church. I was preparing this update, and it hit me like a ton of bricks, like Holy Spirit movement, goosebumps, just shamana shamana, you know what I mean? Just like the Lord just, I was like, whoa, King David. King David, do you guys remember the story of God choosing David to be the king. David, this little, like, unassuming shepherd boy. He was so young. He was inexperienced. He was the last one that anyone would have thought could even do the job. Even his dad didn't think that he was a potential candidate. If anyone didn't fit the shoe, so to speak, it would have been David. But he was God's perfect guy. He was God's dude for God's people. God had like a chosen people, the apple of his eye, he called Israel. And he was like, this dude, this unassuming shepherd boy, that's my dude. That's my dude. But from the outside, nobody, nobody would have thought that David was the right guy. But do you know what God says in that chapter? The Lord does not look at things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I'm going to be honest. Over the last 18 months, in some ways, I have written off guys like David. I mean, there's even a couple of guys in the reality family that I've looked at and been like, man, they're super rad. They're anointed. They're gifted. They're called. They've got, they've got it. I love them. They've got hearts of gold. They're a decent leader. They're a good teacher. They've got the DNA. They've got some experience, but... They've got potential, is what I would say. Like, oh, they've got a lot of potential, and they're probably going to make, like, an amazing church planter of a new church someday. But they just don't have, you know, that level, the level of, like, experience or expertise that I'm looking for. And I would write off people like this. And I felt like God spoke to me and said, like, Dom, things are not always as they appear. In the kingdom of God, like, corporate credentials or whatever are not always the most important qualifications. God's ways are often different than our ways. So I'm not saying that God will bring us somebody like David or this super unassuming person or somebody we just, oh my gosh, well, I never expected. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that we need to be open to that if that's God's plan for Reality Ventura. There are people right now that we're, we're meeting with and we would just ask you guys, hey man, give, God, would you give the elders wisdom right now if, if it's somebody you know, that we hadn't expected or whatever. So that's where we're at, we're at right now. We're just approaching this very open-handedly. I would ask you to approach it open-handedly as well. And we are resetting some of our expectations. Now, before we take a little break, I want to answer this question because it's come up a few times. People have asked me. I think it's a valid question. People say, Dom, why don't we 
put together like a big search committee like most churches in America do. Or, you know, like hire one of these pastor-finding companies like Vanderblumen um, and do an official candidacy like pretty much every church in America does when they're looking for a pastor. Valid question. And we could do that. But we would get the results that every church in America gets. Do you know what the average tenure is of a pastor in America? Average lifespan? Somebody guess. Four, five, ten, three. 3.6 years. The average lifespan of a pastor at a church is 3.6 years. That is why we haven't done it the way that every church in America does it. We're not trying to rush into this. We're not trying to look for a guy who's going to be here for a few years. We're trying to look for a guy who's going to be here for the long term, who's invested, who's called here. We're thinking about our church in 10 or 20 years for our kids, for your kids, for our kids. What are we going to like hand over to them? We're not trying to like do a quick fix right here. This isn't a short game. This is a long game. And finding the right pastor is like finding the right spouse. Yeah, you can, you can do the work. You should do the work. Go dating. Maybe get on a dating site. But at the end of the day, the Lord kind of has to bring you the right person at the right time, right? And like you with dating or whatever, we just got to trust and wait and be like, Lord, that's what we're waiting for. We're going to look, we'll still do the work, but we're going to wait for you to bring the right person at the right time. Amen? All right, here's what we're going to do. Everybody stand up. little stretchy break, little leg kick. Maybe put your hands in the air. Everybody put your hands in the air real quick. All right, everybody say, Jesus, you are faithful. You are the chief shepherd. Come on, say, you are in control. This is your church. We trust you. Now keep your hands in the air and give a high five to the person next to you. All right. You guys good? Okay, everybody sit down. All right. Chapter four. If you're leaving, don't leave. The best stuff is yet to come. Chapter 4, expectations, or give me some new kicks. I mentioned this in the last chapter, but um, let me just say it directly here as a general statement, not just about the preaching pastor thing. As a church moving forward, we are going to have to release and probably reset some of or most of, or all of, our expectations if we are going to remain faithful to the call of God on this church. Not just with preaching, but with everything, with other things too. And let me say this again, that when I say reset and release, don't hear lower. I am not talking about that. I do not think that is what God wants or what he is doing or what he normally does in our lives. What I'm saying is expect God's best to be different than what you expected. And that's happened in our lives, right? Has everybody, anybody ever been there where you're like, oh, I'm expecting this, or I'm kind of hoping that it's going to be like this, this this thing I'm looking for or whatever, and then it ends up being this other thing, and you're like, wow, did not see that. But that was exactly what I needed. It was exactly the right thing. Here's what I mean. As a video campus, Reality Carpinteria, uh, of, of Reality Carpinteria, we had all kind of gotten used to um, things being, feeling, moving in a certain way. 
that created uh, a certain subconscious expectations, right? Totally normal. And rightly so. So naturally, we have brought some of or all of those expectations into this new thing of what we are now, which is an autonomous church. For instance, when a church is eight years old, right? Celebrating eight years, reality of material, woo! When a church is eight years old, you have certain expectations from that eight-year-old, like, established church, right? You expect things to be pretty stable. It's eight years old. Like, you expect things to be stable. You expect there to be a lot of stuff going on, right? A lot of, a lot of ministries and a lot of programs or whatever. You expect, for lack of a better word, a certain level of, like, quality and, like, uh, dialed-in-ness, in, in the way that things are done and how stuff is being approached, the way that things are run. You expect there to be plenty of volunteers to run those ministries and to help meet our needs. Defined vision. Defined vision and direction. You expect there to be good preaching. And you expect there to be the type of leading that you would come to expect from an eight-year-old established church. For us, the reference would be Reality Cart, where, again, Britt Merrick was leading that team and preaching. Those are pretty general, generic, expected expectations from an eight-year-old church. And even as an eight-year-old campus, like video campus, under the umbrella of Reality Cart, those were pretty realistic expectations. In fact, I would say that about a year after Reality Ventura started, after we launched this video as like a video campus, that we would come to expect things to be Pretty, like, legit, right? If you were here in that first year, you were like, yeah, dude, this, feels, this does not feel like a six-month-old church or something like that. If you've ever been, been to a six-month-old church, it feels much different than what reality felt like you know, in our first year. And that was because we were immediately able to draw on everything that Reality Carp was. That's why Reality Ventura felt so like a full-fledged church. We were basically connected like an extension of, we were an extension of Reality Carp, this full-fledged church. And today we celebrate our eight-year anniversary. But let me say this. Reality Ventura is not an eight-year-old church. And here's what I mean by that. Reality Ventura was a seven-and-a-half-year-old campus of Reality Carpinteria that has now been operating as a full-on its own church for about six months since we started live preaching. Reality Ventura was a, a campus of Reality Carp, and for all intensive purposes, we were a part of Reality Carp. And you know that Carp. You, you guys know that. The ones, those of you who were here at the beginning, it felt like that. On purpose, it felt like that until it didn't feel like that anymore, which is another story. We were not, never intended to be back then, our own independent established church. We were a campus of a different established church, Reality Carp. But that is no longer what we are. We are not a power of Reality Carp. We have separated, in a good way, we have separated from Reality Carp. And we are a newly autonomous church. We are not the same thing as we were before. Now here is the tough part. Reality Ventura looks like the same thing, kind of. Right? In many ways, it's still very similar. And so it seems like an established church. We've got this rad building. There's lots of stuff going on. It's a good-sized staff. We're sending, like, missionaries out. Our youth group is rocking. There's Bible studies going on. We have community groups, right? There's all of this, like, there's some systems in place. There's all this stuff going on. Our Sunday morning gatherings, right? Our Sunday morning gatherings are, like, pretty dialed in and everything, things that you don't always have at, like, a new church or whatever. 
it looks like this established eight-year-old church from the outside. And of course, why wouldn't we think like that if it kind of looks like that? But I'm telling you guys, it's not. And your staff here at Reality Ventura, we're just figuring this thing out. We're just figuring this out. So much of Reality 2.0 is drastically different than Reality 1.0, the, the video campus. For the staff here, it's like going from riding a mountain bike bicycle to riding a Ducati bike motorcycle. It's like, yeah, they're both bikes. They both have two wheels. They both have handlebars. They both have a seat. You're both required to wear a helmet. They both get you from point A to point B. And from really far away, they both even kind of look the same. But when you get up close, behind the scenes, under the hood, I know motorcycles don't have hoods, but you look under the hood, you're like, oh, snap. This is a different thing. This Ducati is way gnarlier. It's heavier it's bigger, it's more powerful, can go faster, can get more done, it's scarier, and it requires like a, a totally different level of expertise and skill to ride it. I know that it might appear to be the same, but come look under the hood, and this is a whole different thing here. And we're only 18 months even into, even into starting to figure out what it looks like to be an autonomous church. I mean, just six months ago, Britt's big old face was up on this thing every single week, right? Like every week doing video. Just six months ago, there was like video sermons here. There was nobody standing at this pulpit. We didn't, I didn't know where, this, where was the pulpit. Like we didn't have a pulpit, right? Just six months ago. Like that's not very long. Just six months ago. Realistically, in a lot of ways, we have a lot of similarities to like a brand new church plant. But we're not. We're like this hybrid thing, right? We're like this in-between thing. Obviously, we're not a brand-new church plant. When you're a brand-new church plant, you're like a little tiny baby. Just this little cute, sweet little baby who can't really do anything, can't really accomplish anything in the world. We're not that. We're not that thing. But we're also not this, like, 40-year-old established dude who's got his career figured out, which is like what Reality Carp is and what Reality Ventura used to feel like. We're like, I said, this like hybrid thing in between. We're like this awkward, prepubescent teenager, <laughs> right? Where you're like, yeah, you're like, it's like trying to figure stuff out. But the problem is, or the hard thing is, we look like a man. He look like a man, right? Like, it's like those kids that I used to play football against in El Centro when I was in junior high playing Pop Warner. Ain't nobody in junior high supposed to have facial hair. But I would show up, and these dudes, like, full beards, hair coming out of their chest. But they're just these, like, 12-year-old junior high kids, all awkward. And you ever met a junior high boy, right? All just, like, kind of like, ooh, right, trying to figure it out. That's kind of like what we are. But, dude, God loves teenagers. It's all good. It's all good. It's just where we're at. David was a teenager. Like I said, the weird thing, though, is it looks like this mature thing. Like we're actually this, like, thing that we're not. We're, like, in between somewhere. And, oh, by the way, I'm not saying you guys are, like, immature, that we are immature as people. That's not, that's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying that as a church, as a unit, as an entity, as, like, a, a thing, we are in the adolescent stages, how we are functioning, growing, discovering, learning to operate. Those things are all in their young adolescent stages here at Reality Ventura. And that's not bad. 
It just requires us to reset our expectations. It's not a bad thing. Being a teenager is rad. Any teenagers in here? Shoo! Okay. Being a teenager is rad. But it's a teenager, you know? There's like a certain level of like, whoa, all right, trying to figure stuff out. But it's also an exciting time to be a teenager. You are starting to discover who you are as a teenager. You have faith to believe in God for anything when you're a teenager. You ain't believe in, you ain't believe in crazy things when you're 40. When you're a teenager, you're like, yeah, Lord, whatever you want. Right is an exciting time. You haven't gotten all tired and wrinkled yet. You know, like you're, like, it's cool. It's good in a lot of ways. And that's where we're at as a church, where we get to, like, discover who we really are as a church. We're like this adolescent. Now, as a reality, uh, a campus, as a campus of reality, we knew what that was. We already knew. We didn't have to discover that. We knew. But this is a brand new thing, and we get to discover that. And that's good. That is a good thing. And it is a necessary stage in life and in the life of the church. And as you can imagine, we're going to be in this teenager thing for a little bit of time. Even when a permanent preaching and vision pastor comes, we're still going to be at the beginning stages of this, like, autonomous thing. But if we keep our eyes on Jesus and do our part, it's going to be good. Speaking of doing our part, what do we do then about our expectations? What do we do with the old shoe that the new thing doesn't fit into? Well, we get new kicks. We get new shoes. We get new wineskins. How do we do that? Well, the first way that we do that is we release the old ones. We release our expectations and surrender to God's plan and God's steps. And we place our expectation in Jesus, the chief shepherd, the author and the finisher of our faith. Remember I said at uh, the beginning that there was going to be some requirements along this journey? Well, this is one of those requirements that we would release and maybe reset some of those expectations. It's totally understandable that we have gotten used to things being a certain way. But Reality Ventura, the autonomous church, is a new thing. It is not the same as Reality Ventura, the campus. And new is good. New leaves on trees are good. New fruit on the vine is good. And the Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. And new is good. It's like new wine. And you can't fit this new wine into that old wineskins, or the wineskins will burst, and the wine will be spilled spilled everywhere. We've got to put new wine into new wineskins. So we've got to get new wineskins. We've got to get new kicks. This also means as we talked about before, that we need to expect God to bring us a preaching pastor that is different than what we had imagined. Just remember King David. And then it means that we be okay with things changing. If God's doing something new, which he is, many of you feel it, many of you see it, uh, we're not going to force things to change as like elders. We're not going like, to make things change and get ahead of God. We don't want to do that. But God may force some things to change. And we need to be okay with that. And we need to let go a little bit. Some of us are holding so tightly onto the things that we love. That, oh, I love that ministry. I love these people. I love the way that we do that. I love the way this thing feels. Or I love whatever at our church. We, we got to let go of those things and trust God with those things. 
We have to do that. This is not our church. We are not in charge. And sometimes his will is different than ours, right? So many things may change, right? Ministries that once were uh, like no-brainers could stop. Um, people who have been a part of Reality Ventura for a long time may go to church somewhere else. Many have. Uh, new people might come that you don't know. Many have. Our church could shrink to, uh, you know, 400 people. We're all packed in one service. Like, awesome. Our church could grow way bigger than you're comfortable with. Awesome. Right? Like, we don't, we don't know what is going to happen. We've got to approach this open-handedly. When uh, the new pa- preaching pastor comes, like, some aspect of our teaching thing is going to change again. And we've got to be okay with that. As we'll talk about in a minute, uh, our staff is going to have to change this bit as well. Some things that we have gotten used to and loved may cease to be. Some things may have to die. But do you know what Jesus said? Because culture says when something dies, it's always bad, right? But what Jesus said was, John 12, 24, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Jesus is saying that fruitfulness, multiplication, true life actually come from death. He was saying that true life comes from denying yourself, dying to yourself, and true eternal life would come eventually from him dying on a cross. Sometimes a thing, I'm not talking about our church dying, but sometimes a thing that we're holding on to has to die in order to multiply, bear fruit, and truly be alive. Some of our expectations are going to have to die. Some things that the church you're used to might go away in order for God to bear other fruit. So I am taking my old kicks and saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for these kicks. They've served me well. Everything that they were, everything that was in them was good. Thank you, God. And I'm putting them up in the closet. And I'm saying, here's the new kicks. Thank you, Lord. Give me my new kicks. Whoa, these kicks are rad. They're fresh. They're not totally broken in yet. But these are going to get us, these are going to get us where we need to go. I would ask you to come with me, join with me in trading in those kicks. Get me some new kicks. And some of our expectations uh, will be forced to be reset due to circumstances, which brings us to chapter number five. Chapter five, finances and staffing update. I don't have a cute subtitle for this one because it's kind of a, a solemn <laughs> chapter. Uh, as of August, just last month, the giving at Reality Ventura is down 20%. We started on this downward trajectory uh, in the spring, and then it leveled off a couple of months ago, and it seems like this is the new normal, 20% less. Why? I don't know. It could be one of a combination of a couple of reasons. Some people have stopped uh, attending church here. Maybe they're giving somewhere else. Uh, some people are new. Some of you guys are new. You're trying to see if this is where you want to be or not. You haven't really like planted roots yet, so maybe you're not giving here. Some of you are just, you're here and you used to give, but now you're not for one reason or another. I don't know. Uh, but whatever the reason is, we know that finances are down 20%. And while I believe this is probably a part also of God directing our path and our steps, there are obviously certain implications with this. We're basically going to have to reorganize things for this new season. So we're stepping back and we're looking at everything in the budget from a new perspective. And the first place we have to look is our staff. 
we're going to have to right-size uh, the staff according to, to use a corporate word, according to our budget. Guys, we've been really blessed, honestly, all these years to have such a robust staff. I mean, there's nine of us on the ground, and then uh, with the people that we pull from in, like, the central A team with missions and administrative stuff, it'd probably be more like, it's like 13, like an average of, like, 13 people on staff here, which is, like, five or six more people than the average church our size has on staff in America. We've been really blessed by that, and honestly, that is due in part to some of your generosity of just, like, your faithful giving. So thank you for that. We've been super blessed to be able to, like, have that kind of robust staff. Um, But there's a new norm, like I said, and we're going to have to make some adjustments. So we're doing a couple of things. First of all, we have put together a staffing advisory team that will help us to make these decisions. Obviously, it wouldn't be right for the elders to be making staffing decisions when we are on staff. It's just, it's just not right. So we have asked non-Reality Ventura staff members to act in as an advisory team to help us. And uh, for the sake of time, I'm not going to go into that, but if you have questions about that, you'd like to know about that kind of stuff, come ask me. I'll tell you exactly how the process is going to work with that. Secondly, we have asked the staff to approach this whole thing open-handedly. And so each of us, all of us as individuals are asking God to speak to us in this season if he's leading us in a different direction. And the staff is taking this opportunity to say, Lord, you're doing a new thing at our church. That's awesome. We love this. We love this church. But if I'm not supposed to be a part of that vocationally, like, Lord, show me. Lead me to somewhere else. Lead me to the better thing. I don't want to be here. I'm not supposed to be here. I want to be there if I'm supposed to be there. My prayer has been, Lord, I would way rather you tell people that their time on staff at reality is done than me tell people that their time on staff at reality is done. And what's crazy is he's already started doing that. Like, Jill was just up here. That wasn't us. We didn't suggest to her that she should resign. I mean, way long before we ever brought the financial thing to her, she was, like, feeling God leading in this way. God is doing that. That's beautiful. God is doing that. He's doing that with other people on staff. And so I would just pray that we would continue to do that. I'm honestly praying, Lord, by the time we get to having to make that decision, like the staffing advisory team has to make some cuts a few weeks from now, by the time we get there, that there'd be no more cuts to make because the Lord would have like orchestrated and moved people so, you know, the way that he wanted to. So we would ask for your prayers in that in the coming weeks, especially for that staffing advisory team that we'd have wisdom as we have to make some of these decisions. So depending on what happens with the staff, um, some of our expectations are going to have to be reset, right? Because certain staff positions go away, then that means if those positions go away, then there's not people there to maybe lead some of the ministries that we love, which changes things and causes us to reset some of our expectations. And just a quick little aside reminder here, we were spending money on the central advisory, uh, central administrative team, right? I, I mentioned that. And now we're dissolving that team. We're going to have to hire administrative people here on the ground. That's an essential thing. We're still going to do that. And so if you see like a new person being hired in like a couple of months, but like that other person got let go, don't be all like, well, why'd you get to let them go? And you hired this like guy to do finances. That, that money's already allocated. It already has to be there. It's essential. We have to do that. Even if we were a church of 200 people, we'd still have to do that. So don't trip out if that happens, when it happens. Um, also, as an FYI, we are also now 
uh, giving less money to global missions and church planning. As giving has decreased, the amount that we are giving there has decreased also, which is not ideal. But again, we plan our way, but the Lord is directing our steps, and we trust him in that. So what does this all mean? Well, it seems that God is doing some work. I said in chapter 1 that we try to communicate what we know when we know it. Well, here's what we know. God is doing a thing. Things have changed, and things are going to continue to change, and God is trimming things down a bit. I was talking to Debbie Hill. A lot of you guys know her. She's been at Reality Ventura forever. Her family's been in Ventura forever. And she said the other week, Dom, I, it seems like God is pruning Reality Ventura. It seems like he's pruning our church. And I was like, man, that is right. She is right. It really feels to me like God is literally this divine vine dresser. And he's in his orchard. And he's just like, trimming stuff, and he's taking things, and he's putting them over there, he's moving this thing over here. He's just like, if, like, his church is his orchard, he's just like, right? Just like moving things, pruning, and we're like this little thing right here, and we're like, oh, wow, it's like stuff is being trimmed, and it feels weird or whatever, but he's like, it's this beautiful, beautiful thing. It really is, and so we got to say, Lord, we want to be faithful, all of us. We want to be faithful with whatever our part is in that pruning. Let's embrace whatever pruning is is of him in our lives and in our church. So these are big changes, guys. We would ask you to pray for us as we navigate these things and pray for, you know, our brothers and sisters, all of us together. All right, the last chapter, chapter 6. I called it the last chapter because Billy wouldn't let me call it conclusion because he was like, dude, you're going to talk for another 10 minutes. You're not allowed to call this chapter conclusion. So I called it the last chapter or what happens now? Well, what happens now is we allow that divine vine dresser to do his work. And like I said, we really believe that's what he's doing. Sometimes a church can look like it's being pruned, but it's actually just dying, right? Here's the image of a dead tree, right? Sometimes a church can look like it's being pruned, but it's actually just bare and dying. That that is not what God is doing here. If that's what God wanted to do, We'd be cool with that. We're, dude, God doesn't need reality. The best thing for his kingdom is like, make this thing die, make this church come. That, if you look at the last 500 years of churches in a city, dude, churches go away, other churches come. That's the hell, that's, God does that. We'd be fine with that. But that is not what God is doing here. What God is doing here is pruning. And that's beautiful because pruning always has the purpose of more fruitfulness. But let me warn us, that things may appear to be bare before they appear to be more beautiful. That's just the way that pruning works, right? So remember in the coming months that when stuff looks like this, it could actually be this, right? That's a pruned tree. I was talking to Robin before this morning, and she was like, which one is the prune and which one is the dead? I was like, that's the point, right? Like sometimes pruned trees look like dead trees. You're like, oh, dude, this thing's never coming back. Because, right, there's no leaves on it. But this is essential, is critical, a critical stage to get to this. Right? That is essential. It is critical along the journey to get there. The second thing that will uh, be happening now, what's happening now, is a shift in the way we approach 
uh, Sunday morning preaching. Like I said, when we started doing this team teaching thing, uh, we believed it was what God wanted to do, and it's been a fruitful season, I believe. But we also knew that it wasn't sustainable for five of us to be, like, rotating every single week and have that much inconsistency, although I do believe it has been a good and fruitful thing for our church. Um, but moving forward in the next coming months, we'll, you know, we'll start this in a, uh, about six weeks or so. I'm going to be preaching the majority of the time. We'll be preaching twice a month. And then we're also narrowing that team of five down to three of us as we move forward. We think that's going to be healthy for us. And uh, as I talk about me, you know, some of you might have questions about my, like, commitment. Because if you remember a year and a half ago when I came on staff, I said, hey, I'm going to be here for a year and a half. And uh, the church is bringing me on staff to be an interim pastor for vision and the acting first among equals or quarterback guy in helping lead us to becoming an autonomous church and leading the charge for finding the preaching and vision pastor. Well, I have led the charge and spent many hours and meetings and emails and driving and watching sermons and reading resumes and talking with people, but God has not seen fit to bring us that guy yet. And while I I'm not called to be that guy. I still do love this church. I love you. I've been here since the beginning of Reality Carp. I'm invested here. I deeply care about the health of this church. And I love you guys. I love the staff. And so I don't feel released, really, to go until all the people are in place for Reality Ventura to have a healthy, fruitful future. So I have reset my expectations for my life plan also, right? I'm with you. I got to reset, too. And I am committed to seeing these things through, whatever that may look like. But because I know that I'm not the best guy for the job, you can better believe that I will be working my butt off to find that guy. But for now, I am the acting interim pastor for preaching and vision. Speaking of jobs, some of you are saying, okay, dude, I'm in. I'm in. What, what do I do? Dom, I'm in. What, what, is, what is my role in this? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, a couple things, and here's where we'll end. First thing is pray. Like the, I'm not trying to be, like, cute, but the, the best thing you can do right now is pray. Pray for Reality Ventura. Pray for the staff and the elders to be led by the Spirit and have wisdom. Pray for that staffing advisory team. And pray that God's kingdom would come through Reality Ventura in this city, in this county. Second thing you can do is release and or reset expectations. Expect God to do something different than you imagine. But expect that different to be better than you imagine. Because that is often what God does. And he is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or imagine. The third thing is be here. Man, be here. If you're here, then be here. Like be present here Invest, dig in, be here. Don't just be a spectator sitting around waiting, watching for what's going to happen. Be a participant. Get in a con group. Show up on Sundays. Volunteer. Get in part of like, be a part of stuff. Come to our Wednesday night prayer meetings. Now it's like the heartbeat of the church. There's only like 30 of us in there or something. And it is like so good. I was talking to my friend last week. She was like, dude, she just started coming to Wednesday night prayer meeting. She's like, that's where it's at. It, come be a part of that. It's like the heartbeat of Reality Ventura. Let's dig in. If we're here, let's dig in. And if you're not going to be here and your season at Reality Ventura is done and you truly believe that God is calling you out, then that's okay. 
That's okay. You don't need to feel bad about that. It doesn't have to be this like weird, awkward thing or this like strange, feel like a breakup thing. Like when you leave a church, it doesn't have to be that. Sometimes God gives us a holy discontent for something in order to lead us to something else. If he's doing that, then embrace that for what it is. Thank God for your time here at reality and how he's used that at reality. And then move on with joy in your heart. But finish well. And if it is your time to leave, please come tell somebody. So we don't, you know, just think you're all like bitter or something, out there all bombed about something. But listen, if it's not a holy discontentment, and it's just a you discontentment, then don't let that discontentment turn into a disgruntledness. If you need to talk about stuff, you're wondering about stuff, please come ask. We're here. We want to talk about that stuff. Listen, this city has a long, long, ugly history of broken churches and broken relationships in the body of Christ. But in Jesus' name, you don't have to contribute to that. We don't have to be a part of that. But if you're staying, then let's be here. Let's be in more than ever. Let me encourage you with this. If you're here, now you are valuable. If you're not here, you're valuable too. You are valuable. You have a place in the kingdom of God. What you need, your needs are valuable. And who you are, your gifts, what you have is also valuable. So I would encourage you to walk in that. Get involved in a small group here. Get involved in one of the men's groups, the women's Bible studies, or a community group where you can not just receive, but also pour out your life for the good of others. Some of you have God-given callings on your life that are supposed to, like, minister in this community in a specific way. Dude, don't wait around for reality to do that for you. Step up and just step out in faith and do that. Use the Fowlers as an example. Heather Fowler's a stay-at-home mom with a bunch of, like, homeschool kids. And Daniel Fowler's a, what are you, dude? Oh, he's like a broker something, salesman. I asked him earlier. It was like nine words. I was like, I'm going to call you an insurance salesman. I don't know what you are. No, he sells like broker retirement plans or something, right? Just like normal people, stay-at-home mom, retirement plan guy. And they saw this need and felt this call to minister to foster families in Ventura County. And so they started this thing called Child Hope where they provide services for foster care families. And it has grown to this like massive thing that's like seriously one of the most effective foster care services, like support services in the county. Like it, they're killing it. And they didn't, they didn't, yeah, amen. We, the church didn't do that for them. We just come around them and support them however they can. I don't know what that looks like for you, but whatever that is, step out and do that. Now, some of you are in a season where you're like, dude, I ain't got nothing to step out. I got nothing to give out. I'm just tired and worn out. I just need rest. I just need to, like, receive. Dude, that's awesome. I pray that Reality Ventura can be that for you in this season. Teenagers are not that restful. So I don't know how restful this season is going to be for you. But I pray, because Jesus is our rest and he's here, that this would be a restful season for you. And if I could say one little last thing that if you're asking what you need to do, volunteer for the kids' ministry. Man, we are bleak in the kids' ministry right now. Please, volunteer. Jesus loves the little children. All the little children of the world. So that's it. That's it. Now you know everything that we know, which is not much. But we do know that Jesus is in charge. We do know that the, the vine, divine vine dresser is with us and loves us. 
And we do know that the Spirit is leading. And we're doing our best to hear his voice and be faithful to him and his church. We love you guys, man. This has been a crazy couple of years. For some of you who've been around for like the last five years, man, you have stuck with it. Thank you for your faithfulness. You were like an example. You were an example to us of what it looks like to like keep your eyes on Jesus and not on circumstances. Thank you. This is exciting times. I think, I think five years from now we're going to look back and be like, oh, wow. I'm so glad I stuck that out. So glad I stayed. The Lord did a beautiful thing. And look, we're like a, like a grown-up. Right now, you know what I mean? All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to uh, put up a couple prayer points. We're, we're done. But um, I'm going to ask the band to come up. We're just going to pray for like five minutes. I know it's late, but we're just going to pray for five minutes. And uh, let me just read through these. Please take a picture of them so you can pray at home or whatever if you like to pray or not. Uh, number one, let's pray that God would show each of us what expectations need to be reset. And give us faith to believe that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or imagine. Number two, that God would lead us to the right preaching and vision pastor. Number three, for God's financial provision for whatever is of him. And that's bolded there because more money is not always the answer. Somebody with a lot of money say amen. (laughs) It is not always the answer. Sometimes less money is the way that God accomplishes his purpose, right? Anybody say amen to that? (laughs) Way more of us. Amen. So pray for whatever is of him with the financial provision. Number four, that we would trust the divine vine dresser as he does his work. We trust him. Number five, that God would speak to the staff if he is leading any of us to step down. Number six, that God would give wisdom to the elders and the staffing advisory team for a way forward. Number seven, that God's kingdom would come through Reality Ventura and the city and county. So we just got like five minutes. Maybe just take one that sticks out to you or however you're led. Maybe there's a couple. And I I just want to like just two people, just groups of two. So whoever you came with today, husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, roommate, friend, just two people. And if you came by yourself, just grab like the person next to you or join in with that couple or whatever. And then we're going to sing just a couple choruses. Love you guys. You're awesome.